Welcome to the Living Fabulously Fierce podcast, a podcast honing in on living with AIM. That's authenticity, intention, and masterful execution. All of this as we journey through the process of self-discovery, self-definition, and self-distinction. I'm your host, Farah Bernier, talent management professional and certified coach working with fabulously fierce women across the globe. Join me as I share coaching tips and resources you can apply to your own journey to living fabulously fierce. And as an added bonus, I'm never doing this alone. Each week, I'll introduce you to one new guest joining me to share how they live fabulously fierce. Do keep in mind, while I'm excited for you to be here and I'm here for you as we'll take this journey together, this is not meant to be a substitute for live coaching engagements. To find out more about coaching one-on-one, please visit www.farahbernier.com, email me at farahbernier at gmail.com, and or visit the Living Fabulously Fierce handle on Instagram. With that, let's get started with today's session. Hello, beautiful people, and happy day after Thanksgiving uh, 2020. I'm recording this on Friday the 27th and excited to update um, our episodes with today's episode. Um, For those of us in the U.S., we've definitely experienced another quote-unquote non-normal season where, again, for most of us, Thanksgiving wasn't the way we usually celebrate it. But I think what we've been able to pull um, in spite of it is a lot of time to really focus in on what we're grateful for. And I personally find myself to be more and more grateful for the different ways um, we get to figure out how to connect when we can't be in person with each other and also honing in on the value of presence and what it means when we do get to go back to quote unquote normal, whatever that will be, um, post current state of affairs. And with that being said, um, I've had a lot of opportunity to hone in on a couple different things with a lot of you, um, who partner with me as coaching clients and, as a lot of you have been listening to the podcast diligently, one of the things that recently came up as a theme consistently across a number of folks is the reality that to be authentic is actually to be courageous. And I share this um, acknowledging that most of my client base are folks who are usually the only or one of very few in the spaces in which they operate. So that's women, that's people who identify as minorities, that's um, folks who are non-binary, all of the things. And to be authentic is actually an act of courage. And that's been sitting with me a lot um, this past week, especially after my last full day of back-to-back coaching with a number of clients, it, it just kept coming up. 
And I had to share that with you here because I think it's an opportunity for reflection for all of us. This truth that in spite of anything and everything we may be facing that does not encourage us to be unique, to stand out differently, to speak differently, to speak up with different views and opinions and thoughts and approaches. Authenticity as a process, as an evolution of our being is actually an act of courage. And I invite you to sit with that because again, one of the other things I'm trying to counter is the idea or the notion that authenticity is binary. I think I'm probably beginning to sound like a broken record here um, in, in that perspective I've been sharing all season that authenticity is not a yes or no. It's a process. It's a journey. It's a, um, it's an evolution. It's a becoming, it's a becoming. And because of that, to understand that that requires courage also gives us a good point to remember to operate with grace with ourselves, to give ourselves permission to grow, to evolve, and to become. And this is especially important because in this season of you know, more and more folks saying, you just need to be authentic. You just need to be real. You need to be who you are. There's a reality that that's, that's sometimes really difficult. Um, I, I'm thinking back to a conversation with one of my clients where we went deep into the reality that she is an empath and Hey, so am I. And guess what? We are weird and weird is defined as just different, unusual, unique. So to be authentic is to grow into that characteristic of self and in that growth to be courageous, to continue to show up as such. So again, lots of reinforcement of this notion that to be authentic is to be courageous. And so in today's reflection, the exercise I'd like to offer you is the following. I'd like you to write yourself a letter, a letter of what you're becoming, what you are growing into. Who is this individual that you can see out 10 years from now? Who is that individual that you'll look back on and be able to say, wow, she was growing into her own. Wow, she is becoming, she's evolving. What three characteristics reflect the authenticity of who you are becoming today. Note those and then acknowledge, explicitly acknowledge in this letter to yourself that again, it's not a yes or no as to whether or not, whether you are or not those three things or exhibit those three characteristics but that you're growing into those. And to grow requires a lot of grace 
as you accept that invitation to grow into those authentic pieces of who you are so that you are truly showing up authentic, authentically all around. That's my simple encouragement for us today. And I'm, I'm already doing this. Um, one of my clients gave her this exercise. She's doing it as a video recording. Um, I encourage you to use whatever mechanism is best for you to capture this because you want to be able to later on down the line, open this up, read it, listen to it, watch it, and remind yourself of the grace that you afforded yourself in order to grow into who you are becoming, accepting that that requires a lot of bravery, a lot of courage, and in accepting that you're making space for yourself to grow into all of who you are authentically. And with that, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll jump into today's guest segment. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the episode. While we're on this quick break, I wanted to share a quick reminder. Living Fabulously Fierce is all about engagement with you as you prioritize living with authenticity, intention, and masterful execution. So engage with me, please. If you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button for the podcast. And if you're really enjoying these sessions, please leave a review. Finally, don't be stingy. Share the podcast with your network. I'm sure you know at least one other person who'd love to join in on this community and take advantage of the resources shared in each episode. All of this takes just a few minutes and will ensure support needed to keep the podcast going is in place. So again, really simple. Subscribe, review, share. Repeat after me subscribe. Okay, I'm just kidding. But really, please, after the episode, just subscribe, review, and share with your network. Really appreciate it. So thanks in advance. Welcome back, listeners. Today's guest segment is going to be a treat as usual, as I'm reconnecting with someone whose presence and insight I greatly, greatly appreciate. And as usual, I'm going to hand the mic over to them so they can introduce themselves. So, guest, can you tell us who you are? Hi, everyone. Uh, It's so nice to be here uh, and to be on this podcast with you. My name is Lisa Lee, and I am the Vice President of Global Culture, Belonging, and People Growth at DoorDash. Uh, And what that means is I get to take care of internal comms, employee connections, diversity and inclusion, and learning and development in my role. I am a daughter a sibling to three other uh, amazing people, uh, an immigrant um, who is Chinese American, and uh, a mom to a little tiny dog named Susu. Susu. Oh my gosh, I didn't know about the dog. That's awesome. (laughs) She's, She's sitting here right now staring at me, wondering what's going on. Oh my gosh, she's a good puppy. She's quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just wants well, to be near people. Nice. 
So Lisa, thank you so much for telling us about who you are, what you do. And I love the like full picture of being a daughter, a sister. Um, I hope my siblings introduce me the way you talk about your siblings. Um, but so folks can get to know a little bit more about you. Can you tell us more about the space in which you're presently making an impact? Sure. So I have worked in tech for the majority of my, uh, I guess, professional career. And, you know, coming into the tech space, Silicon Valley, if you will, I, I feel like I stumbled into it by mistake. And what I mean by that is I was a theater major in college and, you know, really thought I would uh, graduate um, to pursue something in arts administration. You know, I was really drawn to this idea. And, and I, I think I still am to this idea of helping people um, to tell their stories. Um, you know, towards the uh, time that I was graduating, uh, I really thought that I would be a really good producer, a director. I wanted to hold the space for people to come into their own. And, you know, like many of us ended up in tech um, because frankly, I had bills to pay. I was trying to get off of my parents' payroll for, you know, like as soon as possible and yep. didn't want them to have to worry about me. Um, you know, we, we did not grow up with a lot. So one of the things that I thought about, you know, I think was, was how can I become as independent um, as quickly so that I am not, you know, burdening my parents, you know, they're already working so hard, um, such long hours and et cetera. So ended up uh, going into a company um, at that time, um, very small and, and people kind of, you know, thought it was like novelty, um, but I ended up at Facebook and doing, you know, a number of, of different things. Um, but one thing that was always true for me is uh, my identity, you know, my lived experiences. I, I uh, volunteered um, and ran an Asian American magazine outside of work. And wow. sooner rather than later, I just felt like something was missing in terms of, um, I guess, this like compartmentalization that was going on for me. Um, I look at some of my old blog entries um, not to date myself, but I remember describing myself as, you know, the techie during the day and the do-gooder at night. And it's funny, right, to think about that because I don't think techies have been and still, I think, in many ways are seen as people who are trying to do good. So right. there was that big compartmentalization for me where I was like, oh, I have two very different identities. And then as I became more comfortable with myself, I realized that there was the opportunity to basically like close that gap between who I was at work and who I wasn't, you know, outside of work. Um, so eventually I started to ask more questions around diversity, equity, and inclusion. I started to, um, you know, point out that there are people uh, who should be, you know, working at this company um, and are not, and why was that, and, and women in leadership, and et cetera, and so on. Um, and I think because of my, my inquiries and sort of my unrelentingness when it comes to, you know, I think holding ourselves to a higher bar, um, it started to get some notice within, um, you know, the, the circles that I was around, and eventually, moved into a diversity, equity, and inclusion role um, and have just been at it for the last, um, you know, however long. Um, and now I get to take care of these other parts of 
what I find to be such critical uh, milestones of an employee's career, their employees, um, the employee's experience. Um, so I'm getting, you know, everybody on my team to think about leading from a center of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and it's been really exciting. There's so much in all of what you said that I just want to pull on. One of the biggest things that I'm hearing is there's this evolution of your authenticity. And it's not, I didn't hear that at any point you weren't authentic. It was just authenticity required different things for, for you. And so as you're talking, what, I, what I'm picking up is in the beginning, of your career, for example, your authenticity was about getting off your parents' payroll and what's the best way to do that. But aligning kind of this day and night, Lisa, with your nine to five and then the do-gooder at night. And then here we are at this stage, present day, where you've been able to merge into this one person, not having necessarily to have these two different ends of the spectrum of who you are. And I appreciate that so much because I think, especially as we've gone through this season, our listeners are pointing out and asking questions about how do you show up every day authentically when there is a, for lack of a better description, your work self and then your personal self. But your journey sounds like you've been evolving to just get to that whole self on both fronts. Does it feel that way for you or would you describe it differently? I would definitely feel that way. And uh, yeah, I definitely feel what you're saying because I, I do think that to some extent, I didn't know how to really be authentic in a way that was consistent, right? Like um, I had to really explore that um, in you know, different, like literally like different chunks of my day, you know? Um, and, and I hear that a lot. I'm sure you do too. Um, in your practice, I hear a lot from people who are trying to bridge that gap and they are trying to, you know, they, they want to make a difference and they don't know how to do it. And the, the thing that I always try to tell people is what are you able to do in your day to day? you know, in the hour to hour, that is true to like what your values are um, without feeling like, you know, I got to blow this whole thing up. I got to quit my job immediately and then go and work at a nonprofit and make no money and et cetera, right? Like, I think we tend to think of like, you know, I think making a difference in very sort of diabolic terms, you know, yeah. it, it either like you make money or you don't make money. Um, and right. You know, I, I think for so many of us who are coming from whether it's Im immigrant, you know, backgrounds or, um, you know, where our parents had to give so much to, you know, help us be who we are today. Um, and also just like the systemic, uh, you know, in inequities that, you know, we have experienced as a country in centuries, building wealth and making sure that our people are good. Um, there is also like intrinsic value in that, right? And um, how do we not get caught up in, you know, I think the verbiage of like, you know, money is this like a really terrible, bad thing. Because um, I know that I definitely struggled with that, you know, earlier yeah. on. Yeah. 
And and I I love your point about tactically thinking where or what chunks in your day can you align to your values? Because you didn't say it this way, but I'll, I'll hone it because I, I, I'm with you in that there's this dynamic of, especially earlier in your career, trying to balance with the perspective of oh, money is bad, but hey, we need money. Bills have to get paid, right? Mm-hmm. But then to avoid um, missing out on that opportunity, where in your day, what chunks of your day can you really hone in on your aligning to your values so that you don't just up and skip out on an opportunity, but you get to merge those values with the opportunity that you're currently involved in, which I think is really, Mm. really great. So as you think about these pieces too, if you had to share the Lisa Lee definition of authenticity, what, what is your definition of that? I think my definition of authenticity would be how often do you have a perspective and are willing to actually speak that out loud and, and make it known. Right. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we should be out there telling everybody what we think, you know, all the damn time. Um, In fact, I think social media can be quite dangerous in this way where, you know, we're putting like unformed, uneducated, you know, thoughts that are, um, uh, that, that are things that we're working through as human beings, just like out there into the world. Right. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, um, you know, how often do you feel like, hey, this doesn't feel right, or this doesn't feel good, or, you know, the the interaction that I had with this one colleague, um, you know, was subpar for whatever reason, right, Um, that we then decide to actually do something about it. Um, Because I, I, I suspect, and I see this a lot in my own organization, too, people always have a point of view about something. But, you know, very few times are people actually willing to say or do anything about it until, you know, like either things get really bad or, or, or unless you are like specifically pulling it out of them. Or, you know, my, my favorite is the people who always have great points and they're sort of like muttering under their breath, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so to yeah. me, like the definition of authenticity is like, one, I think being aligned to your values. So you got to know what your values are. And that means like really getting to know who you are. Um, And then the second thing is being able to look at things through the lens of your values and then deciding to like hold people around you like to that standard, you know? Um, And I think that can be really, really difficult. And and, and frankly, authenticity is a journey. Um, Who I am today, you know, I I am still growing in my authenticness um, because I still feel like I'm getting to know who I am, you know, especially during the season. Yes. Yes. I I love that because one thing I've, I've been honing in on is authenticity isn't a, it's not a binary. It's not a yes or no thing. It's an ongoing growth into ourselves, right? It's an opportunity 
to learn more about what we value. And to your point, especially in this crazy season we simply call 2020, but we know we all have very creative, colorful other words for this time period. <laughs> um, yeah. But at the end of the day, and, and you know, I'll share just a little bit about, about what you and I were talking about right before we started recording, you know, my friend Hania had asked me this, it was around my birthday time, what would have been missed for you in the way of growth or insight into who you are if this year had not happened? And that question translates into what you're saying too, right? Like, what do you value? That there is an answer to that, but that answer is probably very different from the Lisa of 10 years ago and will probably be very different to the Lisa 10 years from now, which, you know, points to your message that it's a journey, it's an evolution. And I'll even pull from our um, friend, Michelle Obama. She doesn't know we're friends, but we're going to call her that. Um, you, know, you, mean from- <laughs> you mean our friend, our friend, Amish? <laughs> well, you must be closer to her. I still have to call her Michelle, but you get to call her Mish. We'll let, we'll go with that. <laughs> but it's she also doesn't. She also doesn't know who I am. <laughs> right. And like day she hears this and calls us, I will gladly welcome that conversation. <laughs> yeah, but you I and think, me both. Right. I think her messaging and becoming. And how do you make sure that you're not taking away from that by not being aware? And so I I definitely appreciate your call um, about it being a journey. And so in the spirit of journeys, if we think back to the Lisa of 10 years ago, what key insights or messaging do you have for her based on the wisdom you now have that you absolutely want her to have? Gosh, there's so much. Um, You know, I think for me growing up, uh, I grew up in a couple of different countries and, you know, moved to the United States when I was in high school. Um, And just, I think for the entirety of my life, um, have always felt um, the uh, out of place and, yeah. you know, whether it's that, uh, you know, being, um, yeah, cause colorism is a thing. So, you know, being somebody who was like darker skin growing up in my family, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was a bit of the tomboy, you know, I had an older brother and anything he did, I wanted to do. Um, and, uh, just, you know, growing up in different countries, um, you know, as like, you know, one of the very few like Asian girls in my school when I was going to South Africa. I don't know if you knew this about me. Actually, I I grew up in South Africa and, um, 
I just felt always so like, like an outsider. <clears throat> and I think what I would tell myself now is there is a time and place for you. And, uh, and, you know, my dad said it best to me one time. Um, I think I, I was experiencing some sort of a rejection from maybe a college that I had applied to. And I was so bummed about it. And he just said to me, he said, Lisa, life is a marathon. So mm. like, this is a hurdle. Maybe this is a sprint. Um, but you got to remember like life is a marathon and you'll figure it out. Um, so I think that's probably what I would tell my younger self. Um, you know, like you're going to bloom in your own time. And, um, now maybe quite painful, um, you know, to not feel like seen or heard or, you know, as our society makes women so often feel, less than, not worthy enough, you know, not attractive enough, et cetera, and so on, um, that, you know, you are. And all of those things are things that you will come to see in due time and not be so eager and hard on yourself to figure those things out immediately. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, I mean, I, 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 I wish I could just sit her down and shake her, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're, like, you're, freaking amazing like yeah. stop it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean <laughs> absolutely and so it's so funny because I was literally feeling all the warmth as you were talking like there is a time and a place for you when if we just say that someone might say no there's time and place for me everywhere no no, no. there's a time and a place for you because life is not a sprint, it's a marathon, right? And and you will bloom in your season. I love that. And if someone can't grasp that, then sit down and shake them because that'll get the message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Just you know, just be like, you you are amazing. The things and and actually I had friends that gosh, like maybe only when I be when I was in my 20s did I surround myself with friends who actually said those words of affirmation to me? Um, I don't know what it is about my friend circle, right? Growing up, I think you're just, you know, you're awkward for most of your life until everybody grows up. Um, But it, it taught me the lesson of like how powerful words can be. Um, And, 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 you know, I I grew up in a family that didn't say a whole lot to each other. And, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel closer to my, my, um, you know, my dad passed away last year. Um, but I have always felt close to my family in a way that words couldn't describe and that, yeah. you know, we were connected to each other in a way that was much deeper and more, um, and more sort of, uh, gosh, like more, um, intense. Um, yeah. however, words also, have such power and even just saying to somebody like I can see that you're really hurting right now and I'm so sorry that you're going through this right um and that like I I think you are somebody amazing and I see the magic in you I see the delight in you um I I can't even imagine what you know the like 12 14 16 year old you know even 20 year old me um would have done to like be able to get that because I think that would have made a whole lot of difference. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, so much to pull from there. And it, it's funny as you were talking about, um, you know, growing up in a family that didn't say much. I, it's so interesting just the timing of this conversation. I've been thinking about my maternal grandfather quite a bit. Now, I won't go into all the details, but we we only had two seasons together. And literally, I met my grandfather when I was three and then reconnected with him again when I was 14 years old. He refused to get mm-hmm. on plane. And so those were the only two times that we met. And I cannot tell you clearly enough the depth of that relationship, even today, 10, 12 years after he's passed. So I, mm. I totally feel you on that. Um, and the power of words, that's why we value affirmation so much, right? Um, so yeah, 100% with you. And, and in the spirit of the power of words, you know, for, for me, living fabulously fierce is the way I hold myself accountable to the way I want to live authentically, intentionally, and with masterful execution. If you had to pick one word for you, what would it be? It would be Lisa Leah's living fabulously what? Real. Fabulously real. <laughs> living, yeah, living oh, fabulously sure. real. So living fabulously real to who I am and what I value and what I want you know, in my life and for the people around me. I, mean, I just, I have to say that the reason I got so excited about your, your, your word is our first meeting a few years ago and just thinking of you from time to time now, that's what comes to mind when I think of you. You're just real. And and that's your authenticity. And it goes a long way to people who get to be in your presence. So not only do I see that, I appreciate that beyond measure. So I'm not stunned that that's your word. It totally is you. That's so nice for you to say that. I, I uh, When you first gave me that prompt, I mean, honestly, like without overthinking it, the first word that came to my mind was just real. Like I want to be I want to be a real person, right? Yeah. And and being real comes with all the ups and downs, you know. Yeah. Like I, we were talking a little bit before this, but but like along with so many other people, I've also had quite the year. And I think that um, a, a huge part of my learning is like learning to be okay with the days that I couldn't get out of bed, you know, yeah. and learning to be okay with with just like you know what I am not doing my best work right now but yeah. I am trying my best and, yeah. and that's all I can ask of myself. Um, but I want my, you know, I want my team. I want the people that I work with. I want people that I respect to see me as like a real person. Um, so yeah. I just appreciate you acknowledging that. Absolutely. It's, it's um, just hearing your, your, the color you add to that too. What I'm also hearing is your desire in that is to also give color to your own humanity and to give people permission to embrace their humanity as well, right? Because guess what? There are days you don't feel like getting out of bed. And guess what? That's a reflection of being human. And so it's all good. Um, So I appreciate that. There's, oh my gosh, there's so much more we could talk about. So I'm just going to say, we're going to have to have you come back 
um, for another episode. So not fair for me to ask you on the spot, but I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm happy to do it if it's not going to make any of your other guests jealous. (laughs) No, 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 no. And maybe we'll do a group thing too. We'll see. Um, But Lisa, I'm so grateful for the time, for the insights that you've shared, for the gems that you've dropped. Um, Truly, 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 thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And listeners, thank you so much for your time, for your attention. I really hope you had a notebook out listening to Lisa. There's a lot of notes here to take from her messaging. And we will catch you next week.